We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Co-host TJ Inman will be along with us shortly over the phone. Today we're talking about the Michigan game coming up, Indiana's homecoming. Uh, Another chance for a breakthrough. Michigan is ranked 17th in the country after falling to 4-1 last week against in-state rival Michigan State, who they've lost uh, eight out of the last 10 to. We'll talk about the whether Michigan's going through a crisis or is it just fan drama and all of that stuff. We'll also take a look at keys to the game, what Indiana needs to do to win this, uh, win this week and what to expect. Uh, it, it we'll go through all of that and more. Uh, TJ, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Sammy. Doing great. You there? Yeah, I am here. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Sorry, I broke up for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I I'm ready for this one, man. I am uh, I'm ready to bring some fire. Uh, this is a game that um, I, I know that uh, Tom Allen and the coaches certainly want. Uh, and from a from a talking about here, um, you know, I mean, we we do our best to cover the team um, from a you know, factual perspective and to stay out of cheerleader mode. And, and I'm not going to enter into that. Uh, it doesn't do anybody any good. But uh, I will say that uh, just as a fan, I really, really want this game for the Hoosiers. Uh, I'm more than ready to knock off one of these uh, one of these big teams and uh, to get it against Michigan, a team that, uh, you know, we have not beaten uh, really in – my lifetime, uh, last time we beat them was 87, um, which is, you know, when I was born, uh, it's, it, uh, this one means a lot, um, to me. And I, I feel like Indiana's in a position where this is one they can get. This is a big game that while very difficult and Indiana's going to have to play very well, this is a winnable game. Yeah, I, I and I'll agree with that. And playing them on homecoming at noon uh, is just plays in IU's favor a little bit more. Uh, yes. it, it could be a sleepy start for Michigan. They're going through. Uh, last week they looked very tight playing against Michigan State. They got off to a good start, fumbled, and it all went downhill from there. But for IU, it should be a big pro IU crowd. You have lots of alumni back in town. They're expecting the game to be close to a sellout, if not a sellout. I believe that uh, Alex or um, 
or one of our writers, Alex Compton, who works with the Student Athletic Board, is actually the president of SAB. Student tickets are almost sold out. Uh, this game, it should be a huge crowd. And if they could knock off Michigan this week in front of all these people, it'll just give, you know, fans have been dying for some tangible evidence of a yep. <clears throat> a win over one of the Blue Blood programs. And as, as nice as last year's win over Michigan State was, they ended up three and nine, and it just took a little bit of the luster off of that win. Uh, but to, to, to beat Jim Harbaugh and Michigan and really send them into – I have no idea what Michigan fans are going to do if they lose this week. Uh, they went insane last week after losing to Michigan State. Uh, if they lose two in a row and then the second one being Indiana, uh, they might just go over the cliff. Uh, so who knows? But it's going to be exciting. The weather's supposed to be fantastic. Uh, in the mid-80s, low to mid-80s. Uh, and I do think Indiana has, has a real shot here. Uh, ESPN's FPI puts it at, at a 37% chance of a win, and that's probably as good as you'll ever see on FPI uh, with with Indiana and playing Michigan. Uh, TJ, let's talk about Michigan a little bit. They come in with a lot of question marks. John O'Corn is yeah. going to be starting a quarterback. Their offense has been stuck in the mud basically since the first half of the Florida game uh, in the opener, just what does this offense have to do to get out of the rut they're in? Well, first off, you know, Michigan, uh, I don't feel that their skill position players, and this is stating the obvious a little bit, but a lot of people felt, coming into the season that their their young skill position players would um you know adequately replace the guys that uh, that departed um Amara Darbo, Jehu Chesson, Jake Butt um I I didn't buy into that. Uh I think that these guys eventually, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones, uh Kikolo Crawford they are very talented. Uh, there's there's no denying that. You can see their athleticism. Um, they were very highly regarded recruits coming into into Ann Arbor. Uh, but right now, as it as it currently stands for this Saturday, they're just not anywhere near the players that, that, that the guys that they lost from last season's offense were. Um, and when you take those kind of weapons away, it makes – an average quarterback like a Wilton Spate or a John O'Corn, but it makes an average quarterback look average instead of good. Uh, you take those weapons away, and it it takes a lot away from their offense. Uh, their offensive line is okay. Um, I don't think it's up to the standards of a of a Big Ten champion, and um, I think that they've. But they paid for that a little bit last week as Michigan State's offense or defensive line was able to uh, pretty much have its way with, with Michigan's offensive line. And, you know, the Spartans, I think, have a good defense, but I, I would say it's very comparable to what Indiana puts on the field. Um, so offensively, I think you're going to look for Michigan. I would expect they would open up things a tiny bit. Uh, they've They've been very conservative. <clears throat> year the past, uh, really since Florida, uh, we've really not seen Michigan go deep uh, like they did against the Gators. They took some deep shots against Florida. That hasn't happened much recently. 
I would expect them to, and it would not surprise me at all to see some of Brandon Peters on Saturday. Um, you know, his his red shirt uh, year is gone. Um, he's already used that, so he's. Uh, they don't really gain anything by not having him play, and he he saw a tiny bit of action uh, in an earlier game. So it would not shock me to see Brandon Peters, particularly if Michigan's offense is still stuck uh, as it was all of last week. Um, I think you're going to look for, uh, from a a running perspective, uh, I think Chris Evans is their best tailback. Uh, He's the guy that's gotten the second most carries. He's an Indianapolis native. Um, So IU fans that follow recruiting are aware of him. He's a guy that Indiana was after for a while. Uh, He's had 59 carries on the year. Ty Isaac has been their leading rusher. He's had 61 carries, and I, you know, he, I mean, he's got six yards per carry. So Ty Isaac, uh, on the field at least, has been their best tailback. Chris Evans has the best tools, but Ty Isaac's done the best job uh, on the field. Um, John O'Corn currently averaging uh, or completing 60% of his passes. Like I said, for the most part, uh, they're at the shorter variety. They're not throwing a lot down the field. Um, Grant Perry is their leading receiver. He just has 18 catches. And then their tight end, Sean McKeon, looks like he'll turn into a really good player. He's he's a physically impressive guy. Uh, 14 catches for him. Uh, and then the, the two guys that I mentioned, Kakoa Crawford and Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, those two, as impressive as they might look as athletes and as good as they might be in a couple of years, right now they've just combined for 10 catches. So, I don't really see uh, kind of that go-to receiver uh, that, that really scares you. They can take over a game. Um, it is possible that one of those guys develops into that, but I don't see that threatening IU on Saturday. And the same for the tailbacks. I don't see a guy that's going to be just impossible to stop. That um, They certainly don't have an elite running back on this roster. Uh and again, I, I just I think that the offensive line is is just fine. I mean, it's fine. I'd say it's pretty comparable to IU's. Honestly, it's fine. So, I I look at the offensive and say that Indiana has the best tight end on the field, and Ian Thomas. Uh, he's expected to be able to go, so hopefully he's 100. percent And yeah. I think they definitely have the best wide receiver on the field, Simi Cobbs. Um, I don't think either team is going to find much joy running the ball, but, you know, Peyton Ramsey versus John O'Corn. Honestly, I'll take Peyton Ramsey uh, due to his mobility, and um, I, I just I like Ramsey a little bit better, and I may, I'm definitely biased in that, but uh, I think Ramsey gives you more ability to, to be flexible with your offense. So uh, I think Indiana's offense is, is better than Michigan's uh, at the skill position players right now. Um, and I think that the lines are similar and the quarterbacks are, if you want to call them the wash, you can, but again, I'll take Ramsey a little bit. Uh, so I'll, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Indiana's offense to get a slight edge in this game. Uh, we'll talk about the defenses in, in a little bit, which is certainly the teams right now. Um, but I'm expecting <clears throat> Michigan's offense to, uh, if Indiana can hold them, to anything under 20 points, 
I think you'll feel pretty good. Uh, and the, the key for me to doing that is to not allow them to gain any confidence because I, I feel like you said it's a tight team, particularly on offense. I don't think they have a lot of belief in themselves right now because they struggled for a few weeks in a row uh, with the exception of the second half of the Purdue game. It's not been good for them uh, so far this year. Uh, you got Florida, which is a good performance. We don't really know what that means. As Florida, I don't think is very good. Uh, and then you've got uh, the second half of that Purdue game when Purdue was, was pretty worn down at that point. They had a couple of key guys ejected for targeting. Uh, so it's an offense without a lot of confidence. So I think getting them, uh, keeping them from getting into rhythm is a key. And I think that uh, not allowing any busted big plays uh, it's something Indiana's defense has done a good job of so far this year, but we saw it a little bit against Penn State, and we saw it uh, a little bit against Georgia Southern. Uh, just not allowing those busted plays where you've played really well for 90% of the time, and then just that 10% of the time giving a big chunk play to Michigan, uh, that's something that in a game that I expect to be really tight could swing things. So those are the two keys for me. Uh, look for the Hoosiers to try and get as much pressure as possible on O'Corn and force him into some mistakes. Uh, if they can get him into third and long, get some pressure, force him into mistakes, and then you've got to capitalize when you have it. The Hoosiers dropped the pick six last week. Uh, Tom Allen talked a little bit about their missed opportunities on defense to get takeaways. That can't happen on Saturday. You've got to take advantage of one when it comes your way. Yeah, and going back to last year's game, you know, IU is in it for most of the game, leading, and then all of a sudden John O'Corn gets out of a uh, out of a sack, scrambles for 30 yards, yeah. Davion Smith yeah. scores a touchdown, <clears throat> and the rest is history. Uh, same with the game two years ago when uh, they they threw it deep and, and completed a long pass on third down with and took that game to overtime but to me Michigan's offensive line has given up 16 sacks this year they've also given up 38 um 38 tackles for loss not they're not great I mean if you're talking about how how great Michigan's defense is they only have 40 tackles they have 40 tackles for loss and 18 sacks so either they're playing a great defensive line every week or their their offensive line is just average, and Indiana could, you know, especially after the last few weeks and against Penn State, IU had a whole bunch of tackles for loss. Ten last week against Charleston Southern, they could get in the backfield and create some havoc, stuff this run game, make a corn throw. He's not having a good season. We saw him; he couldn't throw the ball last year. I know it was a blizzard, but. Man, he's completing 56.5% of his passes, four interceptions, one touchdown. No corn beat you. And it's strength against strength. This IU secondary should have Ashawn Riggins back. I don't know if they'll – I doubt they'll have Marcelino Ball back. Uh, but there's still the strength of that defense – or these lines in the secondary. And then you could blitz somebody, bring – force them to throw the ball – and that, that's, you know, if you pick one or two off, it's good field position, you turn it into a field goal or a touchdown, and anything could happen. It's going to be a defense special teams type of game. Uh, for me, I don't think 
either offense will do much. It'll be the opposite of 2013. So it, it, um, Quinn Norton, Michigan's freshman kicker, is having a fantastic season. Griffin Oaks is having a fantastic season. Those two will play a big, big role in this. Both punters will play a big role in this. Kick returners will see if Jay Sean Harris is back. If not, Luke Timian is a capable punt returner. While he might not have the that that Jay Sean has, he could still get you five, ten yards, uh, it, you know, per return. Is very trustworthy catching the ball uh, and knows what he's doing out there. And you're right, it, it, the receiver position. I would take Indiana's group of receivers over Michigan's. Right now, you have Simi Cobbs. Taysier Mack had a, had a heck of a day. He had a breakout performance last week. Luke Timian is a nice receiver. Uh, Wap Fillier made a few catches. Ty Freud Fogel got in the mix. And then Donovan Hale comes back. That's just another guy, top-end starter guy, who you could throw in there against this defense and, and see what he could do. My biggest concern for IU is their – is their ability to block Michigan's defensive front seven? Is can they give yeah. Peyton Ramsey enough time in the pocket or scrambling out uh, to where he could hit some of these guys and and you could actually run longer routes instead of like when it was against Ohio State? Yeah, Richard Lego doesn't have the mobility, but he had zero time to throw and was just chucking it up and and guys were making plays. I don't think IU could win that way. They're going to have to be more. Uh, two-dimensional of the net, and and Rich and uh, Peyton Ramsey gives them that that opportunity to do that. Whether or not they run him exclusively, but they have to be adequate in the passing game. Throw the ball deep a couple of times. It's not going to be a monsoon like last week. So we'll see. Let let these receivers go up and make plays, and, and anything could happen. Does anything else concern you on Michigan's defensive side of the ball, TJ? Well, I think you you point out their strength is certainly their front. Uh, Chase Winovich is leading their team in sacks. He's got five and a half of them. Uh, Rashawn Gary is a force to be reckoned with, certainly. Um, they've got Maurice Hurst as well. He's a really good defensive lineman. Uh, Mike McCray is another one. Devin Bush is a guy that uh, sophomore that really looks like he's going to be a star. He leads the team in tackles and pass breakups. He's got 41 tackles, five pass breakups, uh, four and a half sacks. He looks like an NFL linebacker for sure. Um, And I I think that he's probably the one guy on the defense that you worry about um, kind of making that turnover play, uh, picking off a pass as Ramsey tries to dump one off short under pressure or uh, strip sack. Um, Bush is a, is a playmaker on defense. Their secondary, I think, is pretty good. Uh, I don't think it's quite what it was last season, but it is good. Got a number of solid players there. Uh, one thing to watch for on their defense, and this is kind of what majorly concerns me, is um, they are very deep. And what, something that they have done uh, against teams is make really good adjustments at halftime and just strangle them in the second half. Uh, Don Brown is uh, one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's had major success everywhere he's been, and he's had major success at Michigan. And part of the reason is that, number one, he's very aggressive with his defense. They bring pressure. 
uh, in a lot of interesting ways and create a lot of sacks. And number two, he makes really good adjustments at halftime. And you've seen it this season with Michigan. Uh, teams can have a little bit of success early against the Wolverines, but pretty quickly Don Brown makes adjustments. His players uh, pick up on those adjustments and uh, listen and uh, execute well. And in the second half, it, it's tough sledding. And they just kind of grind offenses down and offensive lines down, just bringing a lot of depth uh, of quality players. Um, and it ends up being where, you know, your offense is going three and out nearly every possession of the second half. And your defense, as a result, is on the field way too much. Even if Michigan's offense is not very good, your defense gets worn down. They score a couple touchdowns. And a very close game ends up with Michigan winning by, you know, 17 to 21. Uh, that's happened a few times, and it happened against Purdue. Uh, yeah. So it happened against Air Force. It happened against Cincinnati. Um, and it's sort of happening against Florida, although that was a little bit more of an impressive performance by Michigan all around. Uh, we have not seen that since. But uh, that's what I'm concerned about because we've seen that happen to Indiana a number of times against these big teams. Is uh, however you want to put it, it's just being able to close the deal, and, and I think a lot of that is attributed to just a lack of depth. I think that Indiana's first, uh, I'll say, like 35 to 40 guys on the roster, I'd put them right there with Michigan this year. I really would, uh, just in terms of where they are at in their development, how young Michigan is. I know Michigan probably has better talent there, uh, but I think Indiana has better football players uh, or equal football players right now uh, along the first 35 to 40 guys on the roster, it's that back end of the roster that IU needs to prove uh, is capable of hanging with Michigan for 60 minutes and topping them for 60 minutes. So that's that's what concerns me is the Hoosiers getting worn down because of a lack of offensive success, forces the defense to be on the field for a little bit too long. Michigan gets a couple of big plays as a result. And, uh, and there you go. Uh, the Wolverines end up with a, a victory against a worn-down Hoosier squad. So that's, that's all that concerns me. Uh, but I, I think the Hoosiers need to move Peyton Ramsey around. I think he's going to be their most effective running game. Uh, I'd love to see Morgan Ellison have a nice day because I think he's the type of back that could have success against Michigan. And success against Michigan means you're getting like four yards a carry. Uh, that would be a good day against Michigan if Indiana could do that. And avoiding lots of tackles for losses, which puts you behind the schedule uh, on offense, that'd be a good day running the ball for IU. And I think Ellison, yeah. Ellison could do that. Um, and obviously securing the ball and not having costly turnovers, because that's how Michigan scored their touchdown, uh, was off of a turnover against Michigan State. Uh, if not for that, they wouldn't have scored any touchdowns. You cannot give their offense any help by giving them the ball on a short field. No, and that it goes both ways. IU's going to have to take the right. ball away on right. defense. I think they've only had uh, four takeaways all year. They're minus seven on turnover margin, which is uh, is it's not good. Um, I don't know where they are, but I think they're they're in the hundreds nationally, uh, and that's not good. Yeah. Rushing the ball, IU even against the the last two inferior opponents, they're still only averaging three and a half yards per carry. 
it, that needs to get better. I wouldn't rely on, on this running game, traditional running game to just run it up the middle, maybe to keep them honest, but they need to get some of these guys out on the edge uh, and get some speed, yep. maybe see some, some jet sweeps from, from WAP, um, see some more screen passes. Uh, you know, as, as much as fans uh, are harping on, on uh, Mike Majette and Devontae Williams, when they take get screen passes, they're on the outside. They're very good at taking those, you know, for first downs, for big yardage gains, as long as they can hold on to the ball. And, you yeah. know, getting those plays, even a drive that gets one first down is a win for Indiana. Yep. Uh, you know, as you said, it, it, Michigan would like to wear down the uh, IU. Uh, they, they have more depth than IU. And uh, just through recruiting, that's always been – you know, the, his, it's been history. You know, Michigan has 85 scholarship players who are probably overall better than Indiana's 85 scholarship players. Otherwise, this would be an upset, and we wouldn't be talking about a 30-year, um, potentially a 30-year losing streak. So getting yep. getting the ball to the outside, getting first downs on drives that, that could have been three and outs, and for the, for the love of whatever is good – Get a takeaway. The, the Michigan has had trouble holding on to the ball. I think they turned it over five times last week, uh, even though it was in in the in a rainstorm. Go go get the ball. John O'Corn is not you know he's not Tom Brady. He's not Brian Greasy. He, he's not Chad Henney back there. Go take the ball from them. Uh, he's not Jake uh, Rudock. He is not Jake Rudock, who Brian Nor's defense made look like a first-round yeah. NFL draft pick. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And, and if Indiana's ahead late in the game uh, or at halftime, you're going to see Michigan tighten up so tight where they, they might snap. It, it's unbelievable how, how tight this team is. For, for a coach who's been – I think he's 24-7 and seven in his first 31 games, but he's 1-4 against Ohio State and, and Michigan State. And – you know, that that's who he was brought in to beat. You know, Brady Hoke had the same record through the same amount of games, and he beat the same type of teams. But they're not – Jim Harbaugh was not brought in to beat Indiana and Purdue. Jim Harbaugh was brought in to beat Michigan State, Ohio, Ohio State, and Penn State, and, and return Michigan football to the Big Ten Championship. He hasn't done that. Yeah. It's year three. Michigan fans are getting a little impatient, but you know, if they're losing in the third quarter, you could see that team just tighten up. Cause Jim Harbaugh is not a guy who's going to give uh, every time you see something go wrong for him, he's throwing a fit like a two-year-old on the sideline. He's throwing his headset. He's, you know, throwing his play cards, everything <laughs> like that. So, you know, if I if I was a player playing for him, it doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence. It's, it's kind of the opposite of Tom Allen, where Tom Allen, he's also fired up, but he's high-fiving guys. He's telling them, let's go, you know, be strong. It's a whole different thing, whereas, you know, when it hits the fan, Jim Harbaugh throws more stuff at the fan. Um, so we'll see if Indiana – that's one another key I'm going to put into our keys to victory is jump out to elite, make this team squirm a little bit, and then, you know, hold on for dear life. Uh, you know, 
get a lead, get some tack on points and, and do that. And you're going to have to win the time of possession, even though I think it's an overrated stat. Uh, you're going to have to play excellent in special teams, which IU is capable of doing. And you're going to have to get a takeaway or two and not turn the ball over. So that it's there. This is probably the most winnable game they've had against Michigan in a long time. And, and they want to break through. They had a mini breakthrough last week, ending the shutout streak. This is a time to, to bust through that wall with all these people back for homecoming. I, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and you mentioned special teams play, you know, we, we mentioned before the Penn State game, special teams in a big game. You've got to win the special teams battle if you're going to have a chance. Uh, as we've said, you know, Penn State and Michigan are different teams. I feel like Penn State is in a different class this year than the Wolverines are. Uh, and, and, you know, I thought that coming into the season, and it's been proven correct so far. So occasionally he's right, uh, just occasionally, though. Now, for me, I, I look at special teams as meaning don't make any crucial mistakes, like, hey, don't fumble a punt return or a kickoff return and give the ball to the opponent on a short field. I look at it as on your coverage. Don't allow any big returns to give the opponent any momentum or give their offense a short field. I look at it as the kicking game. Continue to execute on field goals, extra points, and kickoffs. You know, no kicking the ball out of bounds to give Michigan the ball, uh, basically like giving them a couple of first downs. Um, you know, the, the punting, uh, you can't afford to have any shanks to give them a short field. Uh, last, no you know, last week, the wind was so bad. No line more drive, uh, yeah. Yeah. No line drives to Jabril Peppers. I know he's not there, but that right. – T.J. almost right. jumped out of the press box at Michigan last year. Every time Joseph Gideon yeah. had a line drive punt, you know, Hayden Whitehead has been really good. He's struggled the last couple of weeks. I think he had problems dealing with the wind last week and trying to yeah, kick, last week was tough. Yeah, trying to kick into that wind, you have to do it on a line drive and hope hope you get a good bounce. But this week yeah. it's better weather and and you know hopefully he goes back to his form we saw at Virginia and then against Georgia uh, Georgia Southern. But yeah, yeah. you you know catch the ball on on punt returns. You know, make the tackle on punt coverage and on kick coverage. You know, you don't have to play hero, but you can't be the reason no. they lose. Got to play clean. Got to play clean on special teams. Uh, and, you know, if you make a huge play on special teams, it certainly could swing this game. There's no doubt about that, one way or the other. Uh, so, I guess it's prediction time. And, uh, you know, it's it's hard to feel – incredibly confident about something that, you know, you really have not seen uh, happen with your own eyes. You know, I, I mean, I, I was alive for the, the first, for the last win against Michigan, but uh, just barely. And I, you know, I've been an IU fan for most of my life, but I uh, am able to say I don't remember winning against Michigan when I was about a month old. So for me, it's, it's hard to, Hard to feel real confident about uh, beating these guys, and I never expect it going in uh, until this year. Um, I, there's something about this defense, and there's something about uh, Tom Allen, and there's something about uh, 
the circumstances surrounding this game and the things that I've seen from this IU team and that I've seen from this Michigan team. I've watched each of their games this year, and, and I think that Indiana has a real chance in this one. Uh, we've been waiting for a long time for this breakthrough victory like this, and a loss here does not break the season. It doesn't mean IU is screwed. It doesn't mean things aren't going in the right direction. It doesn't mean we can't still go to a bowl game. Uh, but this this is a huge opportunity for Indiana, a huge opportunity, and I think they grasp it. I'm going to go Indiana getting a win in a tight, nervous, uh, incredibly difficult to watch because of the uh, stress level that is going to be going on with diehard fans like ourselves. Uh, I think it's going to be a real tight one the whole way, a nail-biter, if you will. Indiana comes out on top due to Peyton Ramsey's legs, their defense, and I think they force a couple of key turnovers on Michigan uh, that put Indiana over the top. So for me, I'll go Indiana 24, Michigan 17. The Hoosiers defeat the Wolverines for the first time uh, since 1987 and improved to 4-2 on the season. Yeah, it's going to be another nail-biter, you know, another one where you're going to be on edge the entire game. I, it, this this game, I was talking to Matt Weaver about it, and this might be a game that is is first first of 20 wins. Um, it could be, yeah. But, you know, we'll see. It, it could, you know, Indiana's going to have to get points where they could get them. It's, you, you can't. Uh, you can't pass up field goals just because, well, you're not going to beat this team with field goals. You are going to beat this team with field goals. You have to get points against this defense when you can. And sometimes three is a lot better than, than zero, even if you're passing up the, the seven. I, I get it. Take the, take the three. TJ, I'm with you. I do think Indiana is going to win this one. I think it's going to be 21-17. Yeah, just they, they, it's time. It's now is the time to break through, yeah. and it's going to be first to twenty wins. And if if Indiana could do all the things that we, that we've laid out here in the last half hour, protect the ball, take the ball away from Michigan, uh, play clean on special teams, uh, you know, protect the quarterback. They don't have to be perfect, uh, but this this is a this is now is the time. You've you've got a chance at one of these blue bloods. Uh, the blood's in the water for Michigan. It's time to attack and, you know, have that killer instinct and, and show the games on ABC. It's time to show the nation that IU is, it's time to, to beat one of these guys and, and have your moment in the sun. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to watch this game and I hope fans, the uh, fans are there just not to tailgate. I hope fans go into the game, uh, buy your, get your tickets, go into the game and, I know it's an early start, but man, go in and, and be loud and, and help this team get a get a victory that they've been waiting for for a long time. All right, TJ, that does it for our show tonight. Uh, we'll be watching the game together. Unfortunately, um, I we can't be at the game. I, I have a wedding to go to at four thirty, and we'll be watching together. and And we'll have our other writers uh, live at the game as well. So, uh, TJ. Thanks for joining us as always. We'll talk next week, and I'll see you on Saturday. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good rest of the week. Go Hoosiers.
Yep, it's uh, the game's at noon. Kickoff is at noon. TV channel is ABC. Uh, get there early. Get, uh, be loud and root your Hoosiers on to victory. Homecoming is a special time. Uh, the weather is supposed to be spectacular. There's no better place to be in October than Bloomington, Indiana, for a football game in the fall. Enjoy it. Uh, soak it all in. And we'll be back next week to preview Michigan State. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.